This is episode 17, part 1 of Pursuing Greener Pastures at Home with Josh Mahinay. Mabuhay and welcome to the Best of You podcast. Each week, we give you an inspirational person or message designed to empower you to go further faster. This is Jesse, and this is another day to inspire Filipinos around the world. And you know what? I can't wait to introduce you to our next guest. So, let's get it on! Most Filipinos nowadays choose to go overseas as most of us believe that we can seek a greener pasture in other countries. But our guest today thinks differently. He was an OFW and pursued a greener pasture in the opposite direction, and that is home. He started a mission-driven business called Bag 943. How did a young man with no business background establish a social enterprise? Let's listen to the inspiring story of Josh Mahinay on this interview with Mike. I really appreciate Josh. You're highly recommended to me and I got the opportunity to read about what you've created and your, we spoke this morning about the visions you have for the future. Yeah, really excited. I think our listeners are going to really take a lot from you today. But before we go into the details, tell me in the last 24 hours, what are you most grateful for? For the last 24 hours, first, I am so grateful for the opportunity to hire a new employee oh. to join my company. I just hired a new um, client uh, support specialist. Mm. And it's been humbling to think about the opportunity that you can give to someone, especially mm. to a Filipino. Mm. I was looking for a job in this country where you don't have a lot of opportunities. So mm. I'm very excited about that. And we're looking forward for a wonderful experience because my vision and my goal, Mike, in setting up a company and running a company yeah. is to really create an environment where people love to go to work. And when they're working in something that they're proud about, yeah. and they can actually progress and use their skills and gifts mm. to benefit not just the company, the families and the community where they belong. Excellent. So let's talk about your business for a second. And it's, it has gone through a journey. Yes. And I'm sure there's been ups and downs, but let me ask you a compliment that you received that you are most proud of? Well, I think the, the best compliment that I received mm. was the first time that we handed a bag to a poor kid. Mm. And this happened somewhere in the southern part of the Philippines, in Zimbabwe. Because you might, when you give something to a person, the common thing uh, that people would think about is that, oh, it's so great to be able to help someone. But this experience was really, really, really transformed how I see things. And I think Think about my life and the lives of so many Filipinos here. Because when you give, you're not actually just creating an impact or changing a life in one person. But that person, through that act of giving, actually can change your perspective and how you see things in your life. So that was, uh, I think, uh, the best compliment. When a kid actually told me that, Kuya Josh, this is my first time to own a bag. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine that in this century or in this modern times a lot of filipino kids still go to school without a school bag mm. in this country so and i want to get to your inspiration as in why because there's so you could say there's a thousand common reasons not to do this yes <laughs> to conform to go go back to that comfort zone that, however yeah. you define that comfort zone so can you i want to i need to uncover your inspiration so can you can we start by 
with a, is there a particular quote or verse or something that really resonates with you for your decision to start this enterprise? Um, yeah, starting the company and doing it right now mm. uh, is two things. Uh, first, it's personal to me. It's mm. something that has a, has a personal relevance to my life. If we trace back to what my story growing up is about encountering poverty at a young age. At the same time, I believe that championing education is something that's very relevant to my country. Mm. You know, Mike, in a country where you don't have a lot of opportunities, education is the only way out of poverty. Mm. So going back to that personal experience, I grew up in a poor family, in a big poor family. So I came face to face with poverty at a very young age. And the reason why we are doing back then for right now is because I used to go to school and walk 10 kilometers every day using a plastic bag. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the plastic bag. Filipinos use a plastic bag, a striped red plastic bag when you go to the market. That's my school bag when I was little. So when I had a chance to really change the situation of my family and my life, I graduated to help other people. I got a good job and I get to the States. In 2011, I came back to the Philippines and then I went to the province and I saw this kid uh, walking in a rice paddy diet wearing exactly the same plastic bag that I used to wear when I was little. And I think that was something that really turned my life around and I realized that, you know what? God was actually up for something from the beginning and God allowed me to be poor and allowed poverty to be experienced so that I can be at this particular moment and actually create something and tell a story. Because uh, as I always say that we live to tell a story. There are so many pages that fill uh, mm. our lives and then some stories we are proud to tell, some stories we're not proud to tell talk about. But I think with my story, it gives me the idea that the problem about poverty in this country is not really poverty, but it's the mindset that it cannot be changed. And looking at my personal experience through hard work, through education, and through the generosity of other people, I can see and I, I experience for myself that poverty can be changed. I mean, you can change uh, the status of your life if we become people look after the welfare of those of us in life. If you think about my life, people would say, maybe Josh, you're a smart kid, or maybe you're a talented kid, or you're a hardworking kid. But if I think about it, maybe just 20% of those things are attributed to myself. But 80% of those things, or what I have accomplished right now, are mostly because of people who are at the right time and placed by God at a particular time when I needed him the most so that I can be at this particular uh, point in my life right now. So I always say, uh, and I always inspire people to live a life of giving, to live a generous lifestyle, because that's the only way to go for this country to really progress. And if you want to say better Philippines. Oh, the energy. Uh, I can give you a big man hug right now. I really, I really believe in that. I really, and it took me personally a long time to realize that the secret to living is giving. Yeah, giving, yeah. And let me to share more about that transition from uh, maybe a, consumer yes. <laughs> to giver. Help people understand your personal journey and what advice would you give them? My idea of giving, Mike, is a simple. You don't have to have a lot to give mm. because giving is something that's from the heart. Yeah. And then at the same time, uh, I believe that all of us are born with a purpose and all of us have the potential to actually give something. So some of my friends in class would say, oh, maybe Josh is now a rich guy because he's able to give a lot of bags. So we've given like 5,000 bags to the kids already for the past two years. But I always tell to people that the, the joy of giving comes not during the time when you have enough to give, but the joy of giving comes at the time when you have maybe just enough or barely have something to give, but you still decide to give something to someone. 
So um, I think it's it's a culture and it's the value is a value is one of those things that you wanted to really uh, teach people and inspire people, encourage people to do, mm. regardless of whatever you are, wherever you are, where you're coming from. Mm. You can always give and there's always something to give to others. Wow. When I was in grade four, Mike, I remember, uh, you know, uh, living in a far-flung community in the Philippines and then we don't have TV, we don't have radio, we have nothing in our house. Who was your in, province? Uh, in Zamboanga, Sibungay, in, okay. in Mindanao. Mindanao. Yeah, okay. it's one of those, uh, one of the poorest provinces in the country. Yeah. And then I remember walking to Inclavas every day and a time when you had to skip meal and go to school. I remember during lunch break, I would just go around the classroom or the campus just to let time pass. And then as if I, I had my lunch already. So after the class, I, when the class resumed, my classmates would, would, would assume that I had taken my lunch already. But actually, I was just going around because I had nothing to eat. But then at young age as well, I, I did not hate being poor. Absolutely, it became a challenge for me. It became an opportunity for me to really better myself and to really excel at what I do uh, because I know for a fact that, that something should be done to change the course of my life. And I'm just so happy and grateful that God provided me the, the opportunity and paved the way for me through people to be successful in a way. I, I cannot say that I'm very successful right now, but I am like 100 times better than where I was yeah. in the past. So. It boils down to really your faith in God yeah. uh, and really believing that God has something better in store for you. So I have two questions on that. And it's the word success and maybe it's the definition of success because this is, I love people's different interpretation of this. Yes. So you can answer this from two perspectives. If you think of successful, who comes to your mind? If you think about success right now, I would say uh, there are a couple of people that I can give you. Uh, first is um, a, a family, a limb family. Okay. Lim family is uh, my mentor yeah. and they kind of adapted me into the family right now. But I, I think about success in a way that uh, I admire uh, this grandfather Lim, you know, the older uh, yeah. Lim in a way because he is successful in really raising the family and raising kids to be God-fearing people, to be generous people and to be selfless people. And all of them are not successful in their own careers and businesses. So when I think about success, I would always think about this family who are not successful only financially in their businesses, but I think successful in really creating uh, mm. the right values and cultures in their family. And they're so giving people. I mean, they inspire me every day with their generosity. And when I came back to the Philippines from the United States, uh, they were one of the families that actually, that really adopted and embraced me and nurtured me. And right now they're giving me a lot of opportunities uh, in business and in leadership. So I think of success as something like that, mm. you know, um, not just financially, but in a yes. lot of ways in your life, especially with your family. Yeah. So Josh, you mentioned a lot of mentors. This will be a difficult question, I know, but I want to, I want to get your insight. What is the best advice you have ever received? In terms of leadership, the best advice that I got from my mentor is that just just work and do your best in everything that you have given and everything that you do, and just do not complain. You know, some instances we felt like we've been taken advantage of, you know, companies or our employers, uh, employee employers, and, and a lot of people. But one thing that I really like about the advice that that my mentor gave me is just, hey, just work, make yourself so valuable that people cannot afford to lose you. So I think that's been also one of my secrets in succeeding in what I do. In whatever things that I do, I just work as if I'm working for the Lord, of mm -hmm. course. And then just giving your best and make yourself so valuable that people 
can't afford to lose you. Well, and they will raise your, your value, your worth. That is a tweetable <laughs> comment right there, folks. <laughs> Let's talk about, you mentioned another word, because I'm, I know what, obviously this is all for our listeners, but I'm seeing my own journey as you share in your, your journey, but about that word complaining. Yes. In terms of, can you take us back to a time where you, maybe you didn't have this mindset that you have today, that maybe, um, and I'm, I'm saying that, I'm asking this question because in a way this is, this will happen to me in terms of, uh, and I still am struggling with this, but the mindset of the world, why won't the world dedicate itself to making me happy? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm a victim here. Why can't more things happen? You know, the, the victim mentality? Yes. And did you ever find yourself in that mindset? And how did you get out of that mindset to this amazing, positive and high energy and beautiful place we are now in your mind? And this is not just in terms of what you've created, but it, the health of your mind. Can you tell us about your personal transition from that and the struggles that maybe that you're still fighting? I've always been a positive person, Mike, growing up. But one of the things that I remember complaining about is, of course, I, just to give you an idea, I graduated uh, with a bachelor's degree in uh, political science. Okay. So I'm heavily involved in Ooh, politics. And where did you go to school? Here? Uh, in the province. In the province, yeah. okay. And um, I'm heavily involved with governments, with policies, and just anything about this country. So you can imagine a political science student's uh, mindset. You know, I complain a lot about this government. I complain about a, lot, a lot about my school. So I'm one of those people that you can find in the streets and then just shouting and complain about a lot of things that are happening and a lot of negative things. But I learned over time as I mature in my way of thinking that you know, you can, you can do that, but there's another way of doing things. You can be radically involved in making a change in the community yeah. by being proactive about things, not by complaining. Uh, because there's a difference about criticizing things and between that one and then actually doing the small things that you think can create a big impact in the community. So from walking in the streets, from shouting in the streets, I decided to just do something in my own little way that can create an impact to a person or a community. And eventually I'm humbled to be able to do that right now in a bigger scale in an organization and in this country. Beautiful, beautiful. So next section is my favorite part. And why this is, I enjoy this section so much is, and I think I personally learned so much from this and this is adversity. And you've already touched on this, but I'd like to maybe deep dive here. But can you take us back to a, maybe a setback in your life that you learn the most from? Well, my life has been a life full of adversities, in, so to speak, from growing in a poor family to just struggling and wrestling with you know, the challenges from high school to college and everything. But I think uh, what I learned from, from those experiences, really, if you have faith, and then if you are committed to what you wanted to see yourself become in the future, it's just a matter of time. Those will be just phases of your life. But at the end of the day, uh, just like with my personal experience, Mike, when I was little, you know, when I had nothing to eat and then when I almost had nothing in my life, I would think about myself uh, wearing a nice suit in, in the Makati, in Ayala, in a tall building, maybe a manager or a bank manager or a supervisor in the company. And I would imagine myself, I would imagine myself being in that position since I was little. And I would pass by our neighbors and watch their TV and I saw, oh, that's a great place to be, Makati. But I haven't been to that place. So when I was little, I used to think of that place. The visual is very vivid to me. Yeah. And I am very sure of what I wanted to accomplish in the future. And look at me right now, I'm 30 and it's not too long ago. 
I think about those things and I'm so glad that God had given me the opportunity to really experience what I envision myself to wow. be right now. So I think uh, in terms of really uh, setting a goal and a dream for yourself, uh, one of the things that I learned is it has to be really clear to you what you wanted to become. Uh, because uh, if it's clear to you, everything that you do, everything that you will do uh, in your life every day will be guided through that. You know, a wise man once told me the greatest gift we can give the next generation is the power of vision. Yes, I believe that. Can we let, talk about that? Because I'm really fascinated by this. When you're telling me this, when you're a poor kid, you, you had visualizations of who you, the man you want to become. And let's deep dive a bit into that. Because I, I really, I struggled a long time with vision. To be, okay, I'll be honest. I, initially, I thought this is nonsense, the power of visualization. <laughs> is that not fantasies? Help people understand the difference between mindless fantasies and what you were describing and what you experienced. Absolute clarity on becoming this best version of you. And yes. Tell us through that and how people can... I think all of us, Mike, uh, have visions of ourselves. Though. We always dream of something great to happen in our lives, but not a lot of us, not so many people are willing to dive deep into the sacrifices and what you need to do to get there. Mm -hmm. I think it's a difference. A lot of people would think, oh, I want to be successful, I want to be rich, but uh, I want to do this, I want to do that. But not a lot of people understand what it takes to get there. But I think at young age, in my case, I understand at early age and understand my situation that I'm poor and what I need to do uh, to get out of poverty and why I should, I also understand my why. It is very important for people to understand why. Why do you want to be successful? Why do you want to be in that position? And why the why in your life is the reason and the purpose of succeeding, yeah. so to speak. So I think uh, what I, I would tell people is that with, with the things that you wanted to accomplish, you should be equally willing as well to uh, take the challenges and go through the sacrifices you have to, to, to do or to go through mm. to be successful in your life. Well, let's talk about one of the one sacrifice or maybe one particular adversity, and that's maybe discouragement. Yeah. And um, whether that becomes from your own family, your own members of your community, friends, people that you hope they will get that encouragement, but you're not getting it. Maybe they've discouraged you. Maybe they've called you, stop fantasizing, yes. boy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so a lot of our listeners are going through that right now. Whatever their dream is, yeah. there are people so close to them. And I, I, I feel their pain because I went through this pain. Who are discouraging them, who are mocking them even, who are criticizing them or tell them to be realistic. Yes. Uh, talk to them right now. Give them advice. How would you help them through? What advice would you give them to help them through those, that adversity? When, when you look back, Mike, about my life, it's a little funny because a lot of people wouldn't have thought that a, a poor young boy who used to live in the mountain, like really mountain, like you can literally see mountains all around you, would be in my position right now. It's amazing because social media, you know, is out there and people would say, oh, what's happening to you right now? And they can imagine and believe that the things that I have accomplished right now. And even myself, you know, sometimes I would say, oh, Lord, I, I haven't, I, I, I did not think about this moment where I can be speaking in a big crowd and sharing my story and be interviewed somewhere. But at the same time, Mike, what, what I realize is that people would have opinions about your dreams, but at the end of the day, it's going to be your take. At the end of the day, it's going to be your future and you have to take ownership of your future. Sometimes people say, oh, stop fantasizing, stop thinking about these things that are not realistic. Who would have thought that I can go to the United States, that I can graduate because uh, at some point my parents actually told me to stop going to school. Really? Yes, because 
they always say that if you are the youngest of a big of, of, of the family, that you are the apple of the eye. But it's not in the case if you are the youngest uh, among your siblings in a big poor family. Money, money number, money children. Um, we are all nine. In the nine. Family. Yeah. Wow. So I have eight other siblings, and I'm the youngest in the family. Yeah. So I am the only person in the family, or the only sibling in the family, that really uh, thought about going to Manila or going to big cities. All my siblings are in the provinces right now. Yeah. So I am one of those. I am one 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 in the bunch that think about big things. You know, I think about big dreams. I think about uh, going outside the country and going to places and just experiencing uh, breakthroughs in my life. And even the time, Mike, when I decided to come back home um, from the States to do back there for three, a lot of people were, were talking about me and laughing about my decision because a lot of Filipinos would die to go to the United States. That is the land of milk and honey for so many Filipinos. And here I am. I, I, am in the, I was in the States and then I decided to come back here in 2012. But you know, uh, when you're sure so, they call you crazy, yes, what are you you're doing? crazy. What are you doing? And then, and then, most especially because I support my family at the time. So my family was very worried, you know, that, oh, what's, what's happening with Josh? Why is he deciding to go back to the Philippines? But at the time, I realized and I believe that that was the perfect time for me to really go crazy about my passion. And it's different, Mike, when you experience having nothing and having enough and having more than enough. And at the end of the day, you realize that life is not just about getting what you want and accomplishing things, but it's really about going beyond that and creating an impact into the lives of other people. And I realized in 2012, when I had experience, that I found out my purpose. I found out that my story is not just about a poor kid overcoming poverty, but it's really a story about uh, someone who's going back to the roots and then going back to tell a story about the greatness of God and how God transformed my life and allowed situations and people to be at the right place at the right time so that I can be empowered and, and empower other people as well. Oh, well, you're empowering me. This is, uh, I'm getting so much joy from listening to you, Josh. And I can see why you're so, you've been highly recommended to me and you've inspired so many Filipinos and non-Filipinos like myself around the world. I want to encourage you to be more vulnerable here because, I, I, yeah. because you've been so vulnerable. And I love that what you said just right there, from going to nothing to having more than enough and then to making that choice about purpose. Can you tell us a time that you were on this stream that you were close to quitting, but you didn't? Something stopped you, maybe whatever inner voice. Can you take us to that moment where you're so close to quitting or you came to the edge, or, but you didn't? Can you tell us? Because I know there's a lot of people right now who are going to give up. Whatever their, that dream is, they're about to give up. Uh, maybe they say, tomorrow I shall give up. <laughs> yeah. Can you just talk to them right now in terms of your personal experience? Yes. There were a lot of times, of course, Mike, that in the course of uh, doing Bagnet for three years, setting up this uh, project in the company, that you are close to quitting. Yeah. Uh, I was, there were like a couple or a couple of times that I thought about that. But at the same time, if you are so sure about your purpose and what you really intend to do, and uh, when you are so passionate about something, you cannot just turn your back and walk away. There's a difference between working because you are supposed to do things, and there's a difference between doing things because you're so passionate about it, mm. that it doesn't matter if it, it's paying off, it doesn't matter if you're making money out of it, because the, the only motivation for doing is really just your burning passion inside you mm. and that you wanted to let out yeah. and share to the world. So I think the, the advantage of me doing Bagnet for I would say, Mike, that uh, I, I think I'm so blessed yeah. because a lot of companies when they started, 
uh, they would say maybe in two years, five years, you know, eight, 90% of the companies or 95% or 80% of the companies would die down. And I'm so blessed in a way because I think in a way my journey in setting up the company and expanding the company is a little easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because there were no adversities, but I think my, my view about the project or how I do things really made a difference. Uh, there were times that I had to really tighten my belt because I was working for two years in the United States. I was I save up and then you know just uh, sell my things just to uh, to to gather funds uh, for that decision to come back here. But then for a year or two, I really uh, experienced uh, tightening my belt and just spending um, one hundred dollars every month. Can you believe that in the Philippines? <laughs> so I was I was sleeping in the floor in my apartment. I don't have a bed. I wasn't eating outside. But at the end of the day. There was a sense of joy in doing that and sacrificing for something that I'm so in love with and passionate about because uh, I realized that, you know, I have experience having nothing and I have experience having more than enough. And now that I decided to come back here and do this, whatever I experienced in between, I don't have hangups anymore. So I, I took that with joy when I sleep in the floor, when I eat with vegetable alone, or I, I walk around and not taking cabs for two years, for, in between those times. So I, I, there's a sense of joy because I know that my sacrifice and my sacrifices for that particular, for this thing will be worth it. And looking back after three years now, uh, it's been an amazing journey and having experience to be able to lead a group. And I, last, last week I was talking to my staff and then, I asked her, oh, so you, you think we are doing a great job right now with our project? And she told me, yes, of course. Uh, I just noticed, Josh, that uh, we've given around 3 million pesos worth of merchandise already to the kids. So I didn't realize that. I was thinking maybe we just uh, reach out to a few kids. But my personal goal and intention is that if I can inspire and impact one life of a kid, that would be it for me. That would be a success for me. But... Uh, looking at the records right now for the past three years, we've reached out to 5,000 kids uh, all throughout the Philippines. So it's been an amazing journey and I can't thank God and everyone enough for empowering me to do that. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, from the time, from my experience growing up up to this moment in my life, I'm still experiencing overflowing generosity of other people Mm -hmm. who are so willing to to share the resources and open doors for me so that I can Mm -hmm. be more and give more uh, Mm -hmm. with the advocacy that I'm doing right now. Wow, I'm so, this is so beautiful, Josh, it's so beautiful. Let me ask you a question. How important has forgiveness played in your journey? I think it's very important to right away forgive. Uh, I think, you know, I learned that from, from the Bible that uh, somebody wronged you. Uh, forgiveness is an immediate, um, should be an immediate response. You know, as, you know, we cannot, uh, we cannot equate those things with how God forgave us mm-hmm. in a way. So I think forgiveness is something that's to me uh, comes naturally if somebody wronged me. But at the same time, I think about those people that came to my way and my life that have done me wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I actually thank them for those people really helped me um, develop my character. One of the times uh, I remember my patience being tested and I, I, always, I always think about, I always thought that I'm the most patient person around. But then, you know, uh, there will be that person or one person that will really test your patience. And I thank God for that moment because I realized that I need to do more and work more on, yeah. on my values and my character. And it helped me. You know, adversities, challenges, and people uh, always have something beautiful to, mm. to, to, to offer and to give you. So I thank them. 
I think all of those things, and I wouldn't be exactly where I am right now. Those are part of my experiences that helped me learn a lot in my life. There you have it. It was such an inspiring story from Josh. Who would thought that a young man from the mountains of Mindanao helped underprivileged kids achieve their dreams for a better life? Well, Josh did. He received so much generosity from his friends and relatives and is now paying it forward by giving free school bags to impoverished students. Now, it's your time to think on how you can pay it forward. And what is that one thing on this interview? Of you which will help you become a better version of you. Comment on your answers below and don't forget to share it on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you are an individual or organization who wish to pay forward the blessings you receive, work with us and let's help each other to inspire Filipinos around the world. Contact us through this email mikerogan at bestofyou.ph. This is part one of Josh Inter if you want to know more about him, watch out for part 2. That's it for today. Till our next episode, this is Jesse and this is Best of You, inspiring Filipinos to go further faster.